it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Next hour, I was going to say we'll do Entirely Sports. How dumb am I? I fooled myself. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. A couple of very important questions on the way for Matt Derrick of ChiefsIDS.com and recently also of 810WHB.com. First of all, Matt Derrick, do you know this song? Hmm. I can't quite make it out. I am stunned by the number of people that disrespect Genuine's pony. Oh, in this there re- you go. Oh, my goodness. That's heartbreaking. Beards didn't recognize it last night, and I've been stunned that, that anyone would not recognize immediately the bop that the song opens with and then continues with throughout the entire track. That's fine. That's not why we, we have you on. Again, Matt Derek of ChiefsIdiots.com. Uh, we have you on. Even if it were loud enough for me to hear, I still probably wouldn't have recognized it. That's fair. I'll, that's, I'll take the L on that one. That's fine. You can take the L. You can redeem yourself with the reason that we do have you on, which is to continue our previous conversation. Uh, what's the worst movie you've ever seen in theaters? <laughs> well, it's going to be one that nobody knows. It's a very, somewhat relatively obscure. Uh, it was like 1983 or something, maybe a little bit later. It was a movie called Creator. And basically, it was this guy, his wife died, and then he 
implanted the memories of his wife into a college girl. It was extremely weird, and it was such a bad movie that I got like a stomachache and missed school the next day. It was that bad of a movie. <laughs> wow! I will say, you made it sound as weird as possible. So it had I Peter O'Toole in it. Yeah, Peter O'Toole. Was Peter to... O'Toole and like Mariel Hemingway. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. It is easily one of the worst movies I ever made. The runner-up is uh, my my family. We used to when we all liked each other, uh, we would get together and watch movies for Thanksgiving and Christmas when everybody was in town. And invariably, my uncle Kevin was in charge of going to get movies, and he waited until pretty much before, like a half hour before Blockbuster closed <laughs> for the weekend. Good. And he ended up with this movie that it, I, I don't know. I had somebody. It was not Chris Christopherson. It looked like Chris Christopherson. Okay. And basically, it was these people back in the Himalayas in like the you know fourth century, and they traveled through time in a portal in the mountain. And came out in present day Los Angeles, and they had the plague, and it made no sense whatsoever. Okay, I was basically typing the entire time you were talking there, just trying to find. Man, this is tough. I mean, I have tried to find the title of that movie ever since, and I have no idea what it was. I got here's a movie in Himalayas, time travel, plague. I mean, this is. <laughs> we're gonna continue. To, hold on. You said it was in, like, the 4th century? Something crazy like that. Could it perhaps be The Navigator? A medieval yes. odyssey. That's what I just found, too. Oh, my God. It came no, out in I Australia. Thought ever, I thought for years it was, like, The Voyagers. And so that's what I've been looking for. It, it, you're right. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. Wow. Uh, okay. So The Navigator, A Medieval Odyssey... Uh, is a 1988 feature film, an official Australian-New Zealand co-production. It won numerous New Zealand and Australian awards, including the Australian Film Institute Award for Best Film. Yeah, I think Crocodile Dundee won that one year, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, this is fascinating. I don't recognize the name of any of these actors, but I appreciate the looks like Chris Christopherson, but isn't Chris Christopherson uh, lead there. Um, wow. This is unbelievable. And I would like, at this point, at this point, this, this can't be getting, um, like viciously defended by any copyright thieves or anything, you know, by by any copyright, uh, protectors. I feel like we ought to be able to find this movie online somewhere and then to do like a mystery science theater 3000 thing. Yeah. Where like we, the three of us in here are watching it for the first time, but Matt, you are watching it as if, as if just remembering a dream that you had, um, and, and providing us like the vaguest possible explanations for the things that are about to happen. I think that we would not have any problem with that because I would find it hard to believe that anyone involved with the movie would want to stake a claim, legal claim to <laughs> right. having been involved in the making of the movie. Yeah. So I think we're good. Listen, it won an actor for best film. I will not have I will not have that kind of uh, slander being heaped upon the navigator. I I I think the navigator's just gonna have to live with it. Fun, fun fact about it. The uh, the lead actor, it was this movie was one of only two films he ever appeared in. I, b- I believe that because yeah. I, I, not, I don't think anyone would have hired him again after this performance. Uh, this was his last one. Yeah. <laughs> that Model, makes sense. He was in one in a rom- he was in a rom com in 1984. 
I was just staring at the DVD cover, trying to figure out how we can get to this film. This is outstanding. Also, did you like? So th- I like this on how he came up with the idea for the film. Uh, the guy who created it got um, he was crossing a German autobahn and became stranded in the middle. This inspired Ward, while trapped on the motorway, to imagine what it would be like for a medieval person to find themselves in such a 20th century situation. And I am sure that there was some sort of narcotic involved as well. Gotta be. Okay, last question about this, I promise. We played this game earlier with Rudy where he was talking about how he hated the movie Snowpiercer. But, like, the the Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it, like, a 95. I will tell you that there are only seven total critic reviews of The Navigator on Rotten Tomatoes. But what do you think the percentage is that critics have given this film? Uh, Seven. If it's higher than 14%, I'll be very disappointed. 14% 14% of people did not like it. It's wow. 86. 86% fresh? No, yes. That's... With, with nearly 1,000 audience reviews, it's at 79%. No, this is, these people are insane. These people are absolutely insane. Wow. I want to watch it even more now. This is absolutely fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I mean, hey, remember, it was the last movie left in a blockbuster like, the day before, Thanksgiving, <laughs> day before Thanksgiving. So I think that says enough right there. Now, Matt, really quick, will you explain uh, what a blockbuster block- video is? Yeah, blockbuster. What do you, what do you, are you breaking something? I'm confused. I believe it was something like that, yes. Okay. It was, basically, it was a red box with people that worked there. Well, that seems really uncomfortable. Why would they, how do they even fit in the box? Why wouldn't they just let the machines do it? It was, they were very tiny people, and, and, and it, was, it was olden times, so the boxes were bigger than they are now. Oh, okay. Wow. Honestly, I will say, you could probably explain Blockbuster like that to someone who genuinely didn't know, and they would consider that pretty accurate. That's a pretty mm-hmm. good way to explain Blockbuster to, like, an 8-year-old. I, 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 I talk to many 8-year-olds, so <laughs> I've, i got to be able to explain things just that way. If you're afraid that you have roughly the intelligence of an eight-year-old, Matt can can, can communicate to you flawlessly, not just on ChiefsDigest.com, but on the aforementioned 810WHB.com, where you can read a piece up right now uh, about D'Anthony Thomas, Matt. The Chiefs brought back D'Anthony Thomas, which was one of the weirder reunions. I guess it makes a little bit of sense with Marcus Kemp going out. That's essentially what the coaching staff has said about him. Uh, but in this piece, again, you, you sort of give a little bit of uh, the perspective on the return of Anthony Thomas. What's going on here? Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I kind of feel maybe even foolish in retrospect that we didn't think about it once yeah. you know Marcus Kemp went down. But I think part of it, too, was just that with the, the second leg fracture, and the fact that, you know, Deontay Thomas is a guy built entirely about speed, you know, the question I think is there is whether the speed is still there. Yeah. Um, he had the arrest in the offseason, so there was a little bit of turmoil there, too. So I feel like that was probably the reason why he wasn't on a lot of the radars for us. But he's on the Chiefs' radar. I mean, him and Jeff Allen, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. had been keeping in touch with throughout the offseason to see if there was an interest in coming back and then if there was a, a time that would be appropriate. And it certainly looks like Marcus Kemp going down accelerated that because, you know, Dave Tobe needs a guy, one of the guys he trusts that can go down, cover kicks, run around, do a lot of things. Um, he can obviously return as well, but he does a lot of the same things that Marcus Kemp did. So it, it makes absolute total sense in that regard. It's just that it was, a, I think, a little bit off the radar for all of us. It Honestly, I just sort of assumed that he was on a team in the AFC South. Like, that just felt... Like if you would have just said, "Quick, give me a division." Where's DeAnthony Thomas currently playing? I'm like, I don't know. He's probably a Titan, or maybe like Ballard picked him up. 
or the Texans threw him at the end of their roster, or the Jags. All of those teams felt really, really plausible to me. So I was honestly kind of surprised that he was even still available. Like that's how far off my radar he had gotten. Yeah, I think that's because you have, as as many people probably have at some point, confused him with Dexter McCluster. <laughs> right, right. That's that is the connection there. No question. Although he's in like Canada right now, I think. He was he was in Tennessee at some point. So, he was, you know, I believe. So there you go. I, yeah, I mean, the the AFC South, I imagine the majority, I know the math of this is going to be really challenging, but it's hard to believe that uh, six out of seven critics liked the Navigator. I think every every uh, sort of undersized receiver or running back has ended up playing in the AFC South at some point. It's, it's, a, it's a good league for that. It really is. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned Jeff Allen also. That wasn't surprising, especially because I think Jeff Schwartz had tweeted a report uh, earlier, the Chiefs were looking into that. Which his source on that, you know, you could only you could only guess. Um, that was not terribly surprising. The Chiefs did that with Jeff Allen last year. This in this instance, he just got to skip training camp. It felt like. So, what did you uh, see from that move? Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of the same deal. I mean, you know, it, I think it was one that started making a little bit more sense even before the word came out. Um, even before you know, Jeff Schwartz, I'd heard a little bit of rumors that maybe it was going to happen at some point, and. And frankly, it really started making sense over, I'd say, the last seven to ten days. Because if you if we watch the rotation that the Chiefs have had with their offensive line and at the end of training camp and yeah. through the second preseason game, I I don't think you can make the case that they're in love with a lot of their backup linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got their starting line. They've got Cam Irving. It's clearly there. But after that, the rotation has just been a jumble, and no mm-hmm. one seems to have claimed any jobs. So the idea that they were looking outside, maybe to, to supplement that, to find another veteran who could come in, makes perfect sense. So, you know, I mean, Jeff Allen, knowing that knowing the offense the way he does, really fits in. They they like him. They're comfortable with him. Um, he clearly wants to win a Super Bowl. So I think for him, it was probably Kansas City or bust because yeah. uh, that's that's what he's interested in. Uh, but I think it. I think it also just like I said. I think it, it speaks a lot to the young guys on their offensive line that maybe they feel like they're just not ready yet to be able to play three or four games for a Super Bowl contender if they need to step in for somebody for an injury. I'm going to come back to the state of the offensive line because I think that's genuinely interesting. But uh, I will, when, next time I see you at Chiefs practice, which might be tomorrow, honestly, I don't know, uh, I will give you a wrinkled one dollar bill if you can tell me the league that Wikipedia is currently saying Dexter McCluster is playing in. Give me a wrinkled $1 bill. Yep. I can tell you the league. The league. Not the team. The league. Just the league. Just the league. Gosh. I mean, I I don't think it's the NFL. I have to assume if you're willing to give me money, it's not Canada. It's only a dollar, but. I mean, I almost feel like the Arena League is too predictable if it still exists. Uh, I'll, I'll go something crazy. Like, is he playing for like some sort of German team? I love the way you're thinking there. And no, he is playing in a arena league, the National Arena League. You know, I almost said that if he was playing in Arena League too, because I did, but I didn't know if that was still a thing either. I don't think it is. Uh, I'm, and I also see something on like on his Pro Football Reference that he took place in some sort of XFL like tryout showcase thing. So he's out here grinding still. Oh, yeah, that's grinding. Yeah, the XFL showcase. That's 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 a meat market. Uh, have you uh, declared an allegiance to an XFL team yet? By the way, because we're we're eventually going to cross that bridge around here. 
you know, I feel like as a beat writer, I probably need to be independent and un- unbiased. From the XFL? And, you can't root for an XFL team? And, and therefore not throw myself behind any of these horribly named XFL teams. You are such a, you're such a prudent journalist, Matt. Um, so, so impartial. Fine. Fine. Fair enough. Back to the I Chiefs just, offensive I just, line. I just go. love that there's seven teams with horrific, off-the-wall, bizarre names, and yeah. then you have Wildcats. And the Wildcats! <laughs> it's insane! It's ins- And the Wildcats, I would argue, is the worst name in the bunch because everybody is the Wildcats. They're all, they all exist already. Exactly. Although <sighs> I will say Wildcats starring Goldie Hawn, fantastic film. There we go. It's good that we finally have a good movie to talk about. I'm going to Google that while you uh, help me understand the state of the offensive line a little bit because whenever I saw the Jeff Allen thing become official, even as we started you know, rumbling out a little bit, it it was interesting, and we also we talked to Seth Kaiser last night. Um, I missed this at practice yesterday, but that uh, Cam Irving was rotating in at left guard some with the ones, and so you can tell me how much or how little you make of that. But whenever you look at all of those guys, and you also look at developmental guys like Khalil McKenzie coming into his second year, I don't think you can expect that guy to hold a roster spot for a second full season without ever being active. They draft Nick Allegretti. Like, I know we're in the weeds a little bit, but what do you think is the most likely outcome for that group? Well, you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of weird what they've done the last couple of days. And if we just take Andy Reid at face value, which, hey, there's, there's no reason not to, mm-hmm. um, that's that they're saying just want to give Cam Irving some time at left guard because he hadn't had it yet, and they want those guys prepared to play any spot. And, and Andrew Wiley the last two days – by my recollection, has has played every position but center. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's mixed in for every single player on the on on the on the first offensive line, and then he's been spending time switching back and forth between right and left tackle when we, he was getting some reps off from the one. So, yeah, he Wiley was playing every single snap that he would normally play, and maybe a couple of extras. So, I don't know if you can drop a whole lot from that. But uh, like I said earlier, I mean. You know, this team clearly has their top six guys, right. and you know Jeff Allen's now the seven. You've got to figure that they're going to carry most likely eight or nine. Now, who is that? Um, it, it, I think it's really hard to say. I mean, uh, Nick Allegretti, he's a draft pick. You wouldn't want to necessarily give up on the draft pick and expose him to waivers, but you know, it's it's he hasn't necessarily made a huge case for himself and really stood out at this point. Um, they've and frankly they've been mixing Ryan Hunter in yeah. as as basically what would be their eighth guy right now because he's been mixing in with the ones and and playing a little bit of all three interior positions. So I think you would just based on observation would say that you know Hunter's the guy that's ahead right now. Um, but Jimmy Murray dropped down to you know third team at one point. I mean, and then you got Khalil McKenzie that you know is continuing to mix in there, but hasn't necessarily broken through either. I mean, at this point, it's starting to look like maybe they are going to keep eight. You know, if there's a ninth, it probably is an Allegretti or a McKenzie. But I, I think at some point, one or both of those guys, and maybe a few others, may end up getting exposed to waivers and try and get into the practice squad. I mean, that seems like a reasonable spot. The thing that's interesting to me is they didn't try to do that with McKenzie last year. And maybe it was too fresh, like he was a pick too recently. And, you know, the farther you get away from being a draft pick, maybe the less that you know, intrigues other teams. But, I mean, at this point, wouldn't that be a little bit surprising? And, you know, maybe it's just telling. Maybe it's not surprising. Maybe it's simply telling. But to to cut both a rec- uh, you know a late draft pick from this year and a late draft pick from the year before that you carried for an entire season on, holding up a roster spot, like to lose both of those guys 
in one off season, that would that would feel like a like a bit of a loss. Like as far just from a, a, a scouting and development standpoint, it's not huge, but it seems like something. Yeah, and you know, and, and last year I think it would have been harder with McKenzie because I, I think there would have been a, a lot more demand because you would have had teams that would say, "Hey, yeah, you know what? This is a really interesting guy to, to maybe try out on the offensive line. If the Chiefs don't want to do it, we'll do it." And you would have also had teams that said, "You know what? We need help on the D line. Mm-hmm. We can switch him back over there and use yeah. him there." Yeah. So there would have been, I think, a lot more demand last year for McKenzie. Um, Nick, I mean, if I'm a GM, I think I'd take a flyer on him mm-hmm. uh, because I, I like what he's seen. He can play all three spots. He, yeah. hey, he struggled at center occasionally with snaps, um, but that you can you, you're going to grow out of that. You just For need sure. some repetitions and experience. Um, but you know, I mean, at this point, they've got too many numbers. They're going to expose somebody to waivers that they like and they don't want to. And I don't know. I mean. We uh, fans oftentimes, you know, want to ascribe conspiracy theories to NFL organizations with, right. you know, trying to hide guys and sneak them on the waivers and all these things. And in the vast majority of the time, it's Occam's razor. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's if a guy's getting hidden, it's not because they're trying to hide him; it's just because he's not earning snaps. Yeah. And you know, but right now, with the way this team is setting up, setting up their line. It looks like they're they're they feel good maybe going seven eight deep tops and then you've got a, a handful of guys that are kind of borderline could go either way. Uh, okay, so Wildcats with Goldie Hawn uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. There are seventeen critic reviews. What is your guess for the percentage? Gosh, if there's not if it's not at least fifteen that are fresh, I'm I'm out of step with critics. You're doing an unbelievable job because I believe there are exactly 15 that said it is not fresh. What? Well, that might be too oh high. It's at 18% oh. though. 18% uh, on the, the tomato meter. I, 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 if I woke up tomorrow morning with my face sewed to the carpet, I would not be more surprised than I am now. <laughs> Audience score gave it 49%. <laughs> If that makes you feel any better, um, well, the audience is, is much smarter. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not saying well, Kids is like the greatest football movie ever made, but oh, it's 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 a classic. It's uh, it has over nine thousand reviews from uh, from the audience, so that's a large sample size. Uh, but but again, just a reminder. Wildcats has eighteen percent from critics, and the Navigator has eighty six. That is just I, I'm I'm at a loss to explain that. I mean that's just baffling. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, because I oh. tell you what, Wildcats was gone on Thanksgiving. You weren't finding oh, that. Absolutely not. You were you were getting stuck with the Navigator, a time travel adventure. Uh, wow, that's incredible. Um, okay, what would you rather watch if I said, hey, we're about to burn through two hours of your life. We're about to strap you into this chair, and you're either going to watch The Navigator, a time travel adventure for the first time in a while, or you're going to rewatch Chief Steelers preseason game number two. Oh, jeez. I'll take the crab juice. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, if it was rewatching the entire game, I guess i got to say The Navigator. I think at you're least right. shorter. I think you're right. I think that's the I think that's the only real call. That was brutal, man. Like it was that was difficult to watch, genuinely. Yeah, I haven't even wanted to go back and watch it just to to see why if I can make some sense of the offensive line moves this week and everything yeah. because 
oh man, that was just. Uh, I'm not even sure there was anything worthwhile taking out of that game because the yeah. Chiefs just never seemed like they were in rhythm. And I'm not sure, to, you know, other than getting some guys some reps, I'm not sure that even from a valuation standpoint, you could really come out of that game and say anything about anybody. If you wanted to make something, and listen, I, I've seen lots of people sort of infer that the Steelers were doing a lot more in terms of blitzing and more creative stuff on the pass rush than the Chiefs were interested in preparing for because it's a preseason game. It's like, I'm, I want to account for that and put that out there and everything, but if you wanted to watch the, the, the ones out there offensively and see them seem a little bit out of step, a little bit off rhythm, certainly not very productive, could you in any way extrapolate that to something to keep an eye on once the games actually matter, or are you 100% wiping that off the table? Uh, I, I'd never like to say 100%, so I'd say 98 99% wiping it off the yeah. table. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, it's worrisome that the, the offense looked as bad as it did, but then again, at the same time, you know, there, ha- there were times last year where the Chiefs offense, you know, did sputter for a few possessions. Yes. And, and sometimes the entire half, go back to the, the AFC Championship game. It happens. But you're not going to keep this offense down for four quarters. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So, you know, what we didn't see was if, they, if the number one offense stayed out there. I mean, if they did, eventually they would have figured out the, the Steelers' blitzes. Uh, I think based just on what we, we saw last year, they would have figured it out. And they would have mm-hmm. put up some points. That they'd scored their 26 points or more and probably would have won the game. What's fair to look forward to? I'm sure we we probably won't have you uh, again on Friday, so I'll say now looking ahead to, to this weekend. What's something that's fair to be looking for? Something that's fair to expect in the third preseason game? I mean, I, I still think it's most important to see progress on, on the defense. Like I said, I mean, offense, I think it's going to be there regardless of the sample size that you get. Um, but defense, I think you just need to continue to see that, that number one group progress. Um, everybody stay healthy getting up on the same page because they still have not had a lot of time together. No. And especially if you include Tyron Matthews specifically, um, really hasn't had any time out there with his, his new teammates. Um, you do, there is something to be said for the chemistry and knowing how other guys play. Um, you're not going to figure that out in four preseason games when, you know, you only play maybe 40 or 50 snaps tops. So it's going to be a work in progress. But I think what you want to see is just that they continue to, to improve and look better as the more they play together. I mean, if the first, if the number one defense goes out there and plays half a quarter or plays a plays a full half, you know, you don't want them out there giving up 24 points. Mm-hmm. You'd like to see them, you know, hold the hold them under, you know, I think under 14, and you feel pretty good. You mentioned the Tyron Matthew thing. I think he's at four total snaps through this preseason. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Frank Clark, he didn't play in the first week at all. So that, that's something we've heard Spagnuolo say frequently, and I, I think we've even heard it from a lot of the defensive players. The talk about the communication aspect and, and that that's something they need to get on the same page about. I think it was Anthony Hitchens. I might be misattributing this, um, who recently said something along the lines of, you know, the communication was like a problem last year, and we've certainly heard Hitchens talk about other issues with the defense last year. So, um, what is if if you are going to look at all of the things in the communication standpoint and how long it takes for those guys to be comfortable with the defense that they're running, what's a fair ETA for when you when you can see that defense running on all cylinders? I mean, I it's it's hard because I think you're also just going to be wondering, you know, when's the, the full defense out there? I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that expect that by mid-season, Maurice 
Morris Claiborne is probably a starter, mm-hmm. or at least playing a lot of snaps, but you're not going to see him for a full month. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, in general, I think a month, I think four games is fair. If you get to week five and you still see, you know, guys lining up at the wrong spot, um, you see players yelling at each other, you know, Anthony Hitchens trying to get somebody in the, the correct place, you see miscommunications, then that's a problem. But I, I think you got to give them that time. So I, I, to me, yeah, if you're if you start to get to week five and beyond, and you're still seeing defensive breakdowns, communication breakdowns, then I think that's worrisome. It's funny that you say it that way because whenever you, everything you just described, I'm now seeing Eric Berry doing it. You know, the the last couple of weeks of the season in a defense that had been installed for years, that was happening at the end of last season, where a veteran comes back and barely plays, but is still out there literally lining guys up in week 15, 16, 17. Yeah, and, and you know, and part of it is that, I mean, it was a, it was a complicated defense to learn, and you said heard some of the players say that. You know, Anthony Hitchens, again, I fit into that category of the message that it was there was a lot of moving parts and it was a little bit complicated. And, you know, and you needed to have somebody who'd been out there like Barry, been in the defense for five years, and, knew it inside and out, and, and there wasn't really anybody else in the field that did that. The difference with this year's defense is that it, it is slim. It's 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 cut down, mm-hmm. so there's not as moving parts to it. I think you've got a lot of guys that have more experience in it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think that you're, you should experience as, as many of those issues with guys not understanding the scheme and maybe not being in the right place as pre-snap. Okay, so the last thing on the defense, with all of that being said about the simplifying of the defense and everything – uh, one of the more recent times Mahomes talked, it wasn't from yesterday, but it was, I think it was the last time he talked in training camp, he mentioned that the defense is also, like simultaneously, giving him different looks and, and different challenges that they're building on and adding to and, and changing things up. And I, I actually think the best explanation for how that could work so far has come from Rudy, um, which I shouldn't sound so surprised whenever I say sorry if that was sorry if that was rude, Rudy. Um, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm curious, Matt, from your much more educated perspective. Well, uh, far. <laughs> what would you say to kind of bridge that gap? How can it be simpler for the defenders, but also still complicated from a quarterback's perspective? Well, you know, the, the, I, I think the one thing that Steve Spagnuolo is most known for is, is being a fairly creative guy when it comes to blitzes. So I, I think those two, those two things can be true, that it's a simpler defense, and yet you can be better at disguising blitzes and, and disguising where pressure is coming from. Mm-hmm. If you want to be truly skeptical, I, I, I need to go back and find it. There was a week last fall uh, where, you know, especially when the defense was really starting to get run over, that Andy Reid and you know and Patrick Mahomes both gave a lot of credit to Bob Sutton. That's fair for 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 giving him so many different looks and pressure in practice and helping him get better. Sometimes it's just thing players say. Yeah, I don't uh, know if that's the case, but you know, I think it's it, it, it is one of those things that we have heard it before. Yeah, uh, and that's fair. And I tend to be skeptical in that regard. Um, Rudy brought the idea of like it's you know it's less that each player is doing each individual play, but they do more things from play to play, and they can move around and all that. And I, I kind of I kind of liked where that explanation was headed, and again, could not be more stunned that Rudy had a good point. Uh, just absolutely floored by that. Rudy has good points all the time when I'm around him, so maybe it's just uh, you know maybe it's a nurturing environment kind of thing. 
I save my good stuff for outside the show. <laughs> That's what's like when happening. I'm talking to other like chiefs, like people. I'm like, hey, I want them to think I'm smart. But yeah. By, but by then, when I get to the show, I'm I'm, I'm out of good. And stuff. I'm just steamrolling on that movie talk. I and get then it. it's you know Jake Gyllenhaal's underrated. But I haven't seen a movie that he was in since 1999. So. Rudy's not going to waste his best stuff on, you know, discussing pumpkin spice. Right. Bad movies. So. Right. The pumpkin yeah. spice conversation is probably coming at some point. Uh, okay, so two last two things for you, Matt. First of all, uh, are you a pumpkin spice person? Uh, no. Hate, I hate pumpkin. I hate pumpkin spice. Ooh. No, nothing. There's no part of it. I don't, want, I don't want pumpkin spice butter. I don't want pumpkin spice Twinkies. I don't want – there's pumpkin spice black tea. What in the world is that? Fair enough. And the final question to complete our trio here of uh, this particular game that has now been born out of tonight's show. Twelve critics reviewed the movie Creator. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics? Um, it, it better be zero. <laughs> it got 33%. Wow. Four four critics like that movie. You're incredibly uh, good at this math, by the way, because it's like I know it's yes. not complicated math, but it is. You are four or five steps ahead of me on it's it so every time. Fast. It's so quick. Uh, the the division here is going to be much harder. One thousand four hundred and eighty-two audience members reviewed the movie Creator. What do you think the audience score is on Rotten well, there's, Tomatoes? There's a lot of idiots out there, so I'll say twenty-seven percent. Seventy-six. Seventy-six <laughs> percent like it. Yes, I don't know. Or eight hundred and thirty-two people. Did you do that? Did you just divide it, or no, was that a, just that a was good? Just, that was just. It a was guess. strong. You, you know what? You sounded just like you guess. meant it. You sounded like you knew. Yeah. I'm just. I. I need to rethink my views on humanity now. I am really excited for the Matt Derrick movie night presented by uh, Sports Radio Eight Ten and ChiefsDigest.com. That night, we can live stream it. We can invite people over. I'll make popcorn. But I need that in my life. In college, my, my, my college roommates and I and our friends, we all had to get a Richard Farnsworth movie night and watching every movie that Richard Farnsworth ever made that was on video. And that is some, it's some beautiful films. And then there's Highway to Hell, which was not a fantastic film. I had to Google Richard Farnsworth. He died Same. in 2000, so that was he, I missed him just by a little bit. Like by missed him, I mean that like I was six when he died. Like we were barely alive at the same time. But you got the Natural, you got Straight Story. You know these these are good good movies. Space Rage, not so much, but Space Rage is something we should watch together. Okay, listen. At this point, I'm willing to let you guide us as long as we can also watch the movies that you hate because to watch you steam. Viewing a terrible movie that the general public apparently loves, uh, I think that would bring me great joy. Okay, look up Space Rage and see what, what people think of that. Because, okay, like I said, on. that's also pretty terrible. That's Space my, Rage That's my movie. Snowpiercer. Everybody but loves Snowpiercer, and I don't know how. Well, the, uh, apparently at this point, Matt's... What, you have a prediction? I haven't even gotten that open yet. Uh, Space Rage. It's a great name, by the way. Oh, no critic. there's no critic uh, review, but there are... For Space Rage, 26 user ratings. What do you think the audience score was for Space Rage? Oh, Time out. Say... Hold on. Before you answer, the tagline on the poster is, Heaven's above and hell is next door. Yes. I mean, it's no, it's so awful. It's That's hilarious, terrible. which is why I think it might be fairly high because oh. it's really, really unintentionally funny. So I'll say it's. Sixty-four percent, zero percent, zero. 
You've been oh, redeemed, Matt. You've been redeemed. Your spirit can go now. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do have faith in humanity now, but that movie is hilariously awful. I this looks the poster is unbelievably good. It looks like a space western, um, and I want to watch this very badly. Yeah, Michael Michael Perret's best work. This looks incredible. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Matt Derrick of com and 810WHB.com. Again, he's got a piece up right now about uh, the Chiefs bringing back uh, special teams ace, if you will, DeAnthony Thomas. And he is um, an avid viewer of bad movies that people seem to like for some reason. And I have a whole, a whole list of movies now that I have to add to my list of movies that I'm never actually going to see. But just Google Space Rage. Go look at the poster up on Rotten Tomatoes and tell me you don't you wouldn't file into a theater to watch, to watch this. It's really good. Like if you're somebody who is like you go to a theater and you're just like you know it's like uh, judging a book by its cover. You judge a movie by its movie poster. Yeah, you're going in and you're watching that movie. I oh, this looks amazing, dude. Yeah. The poster looks incredible. What like zero percent though? Is it like I can understand zero if one person. Oh, you were twenty six. You would thought one person would have been like, hey, it was all right. Now, um, hang on. Is it the is it the poster of like the old guy with the mustache, or is yes. it the guy with like with the um, sleeveless shirt and the gun? No, no, no. I've got old guy with the mustache. Okay, the o- old guy over, with the mustache looks amazing. Overlooking what appears to be something like Jupiter. It's all space behind him. There's an explosion. There's a guy in front, basically holding a Han Solo blaster. I said it looked like a space uh, western. That's what it's it is. called. A sci-fi western yeah. film. Because you know what the real Wild West is? Space. It's the wildest west. The wildest of the West. Is space West? I mean, if you go far enough West, you're going to... No, invent- that's not how that works. And then eventually end up in space, right? Space is just... I think- but if I went West in a straight line right now... Then yes, but yeah. it's that whole straight line thing. Well, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, West is... You would say that West is... I mean, space is North, South, East, and West. Space is I mean, I'm space. saying if you go far enough in any direction... Yeah, you're going to end up You know, fast enough, yeah. it's like, well, now you're in, you're in space. Yeah, you can go in yeah. any direction and go to end up in space. For sure. Or maybe the core of the world, actually, if you're th- depending I mean, on how you're thinking about it, yeah, I suppose. I mean, that's fair, but, like, you know, Men in Black told me I can go to space in any direction. You just have to go straight. I mean, it's called Space Rage. I wonder. I don't just want to see this movie. I want to experience this movie. You want to rage with that? Movie. I want to rage in space. I want this movie injected into my veins. You, Elon Musk, rocket ship this movie. Some dude with a big white mustache. Yeah, because you gotta have one of those guys. Gotta have one of them. Um. Oh, I got. I got the perfect actor. I need to think of his name though. He's he's in the ranch. Space ranch. Just the ranch. Not interesting. Sam Elliott. Second, Sam Elliott. Look at him up. You, me, Sam Elliott, Elon Musk, Space Rage. You are listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. This next hour is going to be nuts. You're going to have to you're going to have to buckle up and then just put your head between your knees and put your hands over your head like you're in a plane crash. Which by the way, isn't going to help if in fact you ever are in a plane crash. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. That's the show, huh? DJ McFly on the beats. Uh, Things got ugly here in the studio during that break. Because we went long with Matt Derrick. Because he's great. And he's great with his time. And he plays along with with the stupid bull bleep of the show. And he's an employee now here. He works here. And I I like talking to Matt Derrick. And I would say, third question, Beards was in my headphones like, Hey, let's go. Wrap it up. 
Wrap it up. The game's been seven minutes. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Can we go here? Hurry up. Break. 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 Breaker. Break. Give that, give that a little hand signal. A little, Doing a little, little, little just, break of the hand. Yep. Yeah, if you're if you're wondering what it looks like, if you're wondering what beards looks like, take take two fists and, and then put them side by side, like you know where your thumb knuckles are touching. You yeah. know, as if you were holding like a, a breadstick. Like <laughs> a breadstick. Like if you were gonna break. So aggressively. Yeah, like if you were if you're trying to snap a breadstick in half. Like you're about to break a stick. That's yeah. what I would probably say. Like if you're yeah, gonna break a, break a pencil, you gotta break a pencil. Mm, sure, I guess. But pencil. then so you do that breaking a pencil motion. Oh, it's eight forty-five times in the hour. No, it's not beards. That's I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but this you're definitely doing that too soon. I mean, to be fair, is, is this just him playing safe so he can hit sports center? <laughs> And then during we, periods, we have like ten minutes left. And look at <laughs> sure? the, look at the clock. Yeah, I'm sure. Look at the clock. All right, but I hit the music. Well, that's not how that works. Unless you want to fill a I mean, ten minute long play break. It ten times. Nope, beards. We're still doing. We have we have ten more minutes this hour. Play more genuine. Yeah, just play pony again. And so beards just doing that hand signal over and over. Just, so you basically break a pencil over your head twenty or thirty times, and that's basically beards. You know, as soon as the segment gets over five minutes. And so Rudy was, we were talking during the break. I was like, hey, man, Beards, you can just, if you want to just squish the breaks together, we'll just do one longer segment. We'll do a two-segment hour. We have some flexibility with the commercial breaks and everything, mm -hmm. so we can make a little longer commercial break and then take one fewer break. Um, it's just that's an option that we have, and Beards is like, I'm going to be six-minute break. Is that okay? I was like, yeah, it's fine. And Everybody Rudy, does it here. It, yes, and we're, I think that, most people listening would rather just have the radio show continue and then have a longer whatever. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you don't like it, fine. We got to stay on the air somehow. Then Rudy said something about about production, like like we were saying, beards. You know, why don't you let? We'll make the calls and the commercial breaks. You just focus on hitting Sports Center, and then Beards told Rudy to focus on something that spur, spurred from something on Friday. Feel free to say it, beards. Listen, we're on at Sports Radio eight ten. WHB Kansas City. Not ESPN Kansas City. Here's the thing, Beards. Rudy. In the A10 folder, I played liners from the A10 folder. All right. So and in the A10 folder, he does not have, he had a, he had a, he has multiple ESPN I, Kansas City. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to get multiple out of the way. Ones. Let me be the host for 30 more seconds, I guess. I was going to hand this over now, but I, neither one of you are going to give okay, the context. Give context. R Beards was not here on Friday. Rudy ran the show. He's it usually did. in the studio, but he was running the board for the show. And before he played a liner, I, I said to Rudy, I said, hey, make sure this isn't one that says ESPN Kansas City. Because I know sometimes Beards like makes them during the show because this show started over on ESPN Kansas City. So like, yeah, I got it. 30 seconds later, you're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. <laughs> on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM and 94.5 FM. 1520. And 99.3 FM. Did you so, say 99.3 or 99. No, no, it was 94.5. Either way. Um, but, but, but. So Rudy screws up, and I'm like, hey, man, you did the thing. And he's like, what? I played it out of the right folder. It was a tin folder. And so now this is the tension that Re Beards and Rudy have not yet had this discussion. I also imagined that Beards had the audio from the video that Jacob pulled that was together on, on yeah. Twitter. After I complimented the man. Do you have that audio, Beards? Uh, no, I don't. That's your whole job was to have that audio for never Rudy return. I complimented him. But but you guys can have your conversation about the liner now. I'm pushing away from the microphone. I mean, here's a, it's not that big of a deal. But I'm like the, the folders labeled 810. So I just assumed that they said 810 in the 810 folder. Beards, your response. This feels 
So Fair. I actually had this. So I, I decided right? to listen to the show Friday on my way back home. And I had the thought, oh, man, I wonder if Rudy checked to make sure that that was one of the ones. Because when we started the show, I didn't have enough time to, like, completely change all of them. And so I've just edited them through the show as I go, which is fine. It takes five seconds to do, and I just do it during the commercial breaks. For sure. And you're, you're fast at all this stuff. Yeah. I get that part. Well, and also, you know that had, that's the plan. And <laughs> Right. And <laughs> yes. I had the thought um, as I was listening, like, oh, man. You were going to break, and I was like, oh, I wonder if Rudy checked. And sure enough, and I just started fist pumping in the, in the back of my car. <laughs> because I mean, you ruined no, the here's show. Here's the thing. It here's was, the thing. I was so I ready. did check. I checked the folder, assuming that every liner in the 810 folder said 810. So from there, I just changed it to date modified and just was like, okay, if it's, if it's, if, if it's been modified in the last three months, I feel safe that it's going to say 810. I checked them all, but I also knew I was like, okay, that's, that's the route I have to go. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's where I uh, am here to be the, the mediator. I took blame for it too, Friday. I said some fault is definitely on me. I think you both have a point. By the way, where are the shows from that date? They're not in the folder they should be. Um, Pretty. Well, how would I know what folder <laughs> they're supposed to be saved in? You didn't give me any instructions. Th there is clearly a folder labeled AES on 810. And then a I'm, folder in there that says 2019, and then a folder in there 10. that says, hey, do this one, Rudy, and then a folder in there that says, LOL, JK, actually save the mirror. Or they might just be saved potentially just like in the... I'd have to go and look. I'm sure I can This part is bad radio. Quickly. This part's bad radio. Uh, they made it onto the podcast feed. Yeah, so I'm, sure they're just, I say, I'm sure they're just in the main folder. Where did he save like them, Rudy? The they were in the almost the sports folder. Yeah. Just the base folder. Just the base. So here's the thing. Beard's not giving Rudy any prep there as far as like, hey, some of these liners in the 810 folder I are still... I had meant to tell you that. That you might need to edit them as I go, and I it had just slipped my mind. Sure, I mean it's like I mean, saying like you, the this, the rocket was about to lift off, and you meant to it's, remind them to like close that little tiny window on the side that lets in space it, air. Could have checked, and that's and fair. also really could have checked. And, and I took blame for that on Friday. I was like, hey, I could have listened. I said that Friday on the show. There's audio proof of that. I, that is fair. It just made me laugh. That I just I just assumed that an A10 folder had A10 liners. That's all. I, it concerned me that it's like an FCC violation. Like if I was if I was right now, like, hey, you're listening to almost entirely sports on ESPN Radio nationally. We're everywhere, folks. We're doing the show live from Bristol, making millions of dollars. Prove that we're not at ESPN Radio. You prove that very simply by just like looking at our vehicles, like. <laughs> Beards drives a, an old white truck that's more stable than both of our cars combined. For My sure. doors are constantly falling off. <laughs> doors yours, are falling off. Yours doesn't start half the time. That's like. exactly right. If I leave my car setting for multiple days, it just doesn't start, and I don't. There's no yeah. explanation. It's just it's not old, good. It's not what you want. Not, not <laughs> no. ideal. No, it's not great. I got a great deal on the car. It was and, which is good. Yeah, which is great, and it's got you know the check engine light is on, and there's also something with my tire pressure. Well, those system. are more of like a recommendation. Yeah, like, just like it's a, a suggestion. Hey, yeah, if you've got a bunch of extra money right now that you would like to light on fire, check your engine and your tire pressure since system. If not, you'll, you'll probably you're probably fine. I, what's the worst that can happen? It actually said that on my little. I have a little <laughs> section off on the side. It's that, got like, like the hands just kind of up, like hey. Yeah, like, it's the what's little, the worst that can happen? It's not actually the emoji because my car yeah. definitely couldn't display that in that little it would pixel be, window. But you it's, know, the, the it's a little square text one. with like the. Just, yeah, the I think the, it's just like the, a square. The parentheses around the little face, and it's got the big yeah. shrug. 
you know though like when you send you like a like say like an uh an, like if you sent an emoji to beards you have different phones like just i think it just pops up as a square on the android or whatever oh no no, no. i'm thinking about the text one that's just like line oh, slash underscore parenthesis yeah, yeah, yeah. little eyes that's and thing it's the one that i use all the time this drug yeah. that i use it's the most i would say it's the most powerful it's of the sure. shrugging emoji. It's yeah. fantastic. Because it also, there's not really a hotkey for that. It's it not in most people's extra phones. extra effort to go get so it. So you have mm-hmm. to like Google like shrugging text emoji and then copy it and then go back and send it to the person to be like, hey man, what you just said was so dumb that I had to go search for the exact emoji <laughs> that I wanted to use. Everybody take your phone out right now and go to a text really quick. Okay. We got like a minute with the rest of this. To uh, just any text? You're going to just, yeah, just start a text. Um, because I want you to just basically go to your um emoji, your recent emoji. Yeah, you, I know Beard you're rocking an uh, Android, but you can there's like an emoji drawer, right? Yeah. I want to know your top used emoji. It's Let's just go the five. Most, it's five just to the one. most recent ones. It doesn't do like top. Yeah, mine just shows like frequently like. Yeah, those I've, are weighted. Yeah, though. those are right. Yeah, I no, it, it is literally just the last one that I pressed is what it goes to. Okay, what were your okay, last? Okay, so three I, that I you assume used? for us, it's top it's left weighted. is, is yes, the most used. Absolutely, and, yeah. and then I think it goes down the line yeah. would make the most sense. Beards, what are the last three emojis you've used? Um, it, three to one, please. Do I need context with these? Nope, absolutely not. Okay, uh, kissy face. Sure. Uh, crying eyes. Sure. And then the um, one where it's just like the um, eggplant. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> What's the word, beards? Come on, beards. It's like a disappoint- disappointed face. Okay, so oh. that was in order. That was text to me, text to Rudy, text to your girlfriend. Three, two, one. Yeah. Uh, my three most used emojis are the praying hands, the we- right. the weeping, yeah, and then the upside down smiley face. Yeah. That one I would get tattooed on me. I love it so much. Yeah. Top three, Rudy. Uh, kind of like the 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 smirk, the sup face. <laughs> sure, um, that fits. The one eye open, tongue sticking out. Number two also fits. Number one, shrug. Just a shrug. Just a little shrug. Just, a shrug. Just eh, I don't know what to tell you. All of that is unbelievably fitting. I think this show would probably be the shrug emoji and three or four eggplants all at once. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.